Welcome to Cathedral Talk. I'm your host, Tom. And with me is my brother, David. Hello, that would be me. And Zach, who defies definition. Hello, pleasure to be here. I, Tom, am a big architecture nerd. My true love has always been Gothic cathedrals. I like to talk about them a lot. To put it mildly. And I also like to build them, too, on Minecraft. Uh, I'm quite a big Minecrafter, but I've been rather recluse in the community for quite a while. Uh, I really haven't shared much, so probably no one actually knows me. Uh, although I certainly have spent plenty of time watching lots of YouTube videos and seeing what other people build. But I've been feeling the itch, like I maybe want to share some of the stuff that I've done. Uh, I've built St. Paul's Cathedral. I've built the Colosseum. I've built from the Parthenon to the Pantheon. But the very first build that I ever built was my all-time favorite building. It was a one-to-one -one scale of Notre Dame of Paris. Notre Dame is my first greatest love. There is no other building that surpasses her. Except Franklin's barbecue. I don't even know what that is. Is it pretty? Very pretty. Okay. I mean, I, I do enjoy really anything that deals with smoked meats. That's what I tend to think of. I think of architecture and smoked meats together. Yep. Well, smoked meats are, um, they, they might taste good, but I'm not sure that visually they look as good as, um, as, okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> you just got to look at their brisket and it gives you the same religious experience that you get from looking at a cathedral. Hashtag not a Christian podcast. Or a mosque. Okay. Speaking of Notre Dame. Notre Dame has, of course, had a very long, turbulent history. As you all know, on April 15th, 2019, Notre Dame burned. And it was a roof fire. The whole roof caught a blaze, and it's not been determined what caused that fire. And I found out about it like everybody else. I actually, well, not quite. I think it was actually David. Yeah, I texted the entire world that Notre Dame was on fire, which is, yes. Yeah, so you did find out just like the rest of the world via text from me. David is sort of like um, Schrodinger's cat. He's in all places at once, so he can report anything. Oh, I just figured he was the arsonist because he was the first to tell anyone. David? This would be a strange way to start a podcast about Notre Dame. This is serial from the perspective of the arsonist. David? Is there something you're not telling me, David? Anyway, well, when I found out that Notre Dame was burning, I mean, I, I was probably having one of the worst days of my life. Notre Dame has been a love of mine for really ever since I was a little kid. I admit it was the Disney movie. It was Hunchback of Notre Dame that actually got me hooked. As Notre Dame did burn... Um, I was just like pleading with the TV, please stop, please stop. I, I couldn't deal with this, this horrific event that I was witnessing. I was also getting really frustrated with the pundits on the different news stations because they all acted like they knew what they were talking about with like the nature of the fire and what was going to get damaged. And I was like, you, you have no idea what you're talking about. Notre Dame is a Gothic cathedral that was built out of limestone and was designed to survive large fires. And I almost feel that the question isn't, why did Notre Dame burn? But really, the, the better question is, how did Notre Dame not burn over 800 years? Because that roof has been the same roof, for the most part, since its early inception. And I've seen many pictures of that roof, which they call the forest with all of its timber. And it's just crazy to think that it lasted as long as it did. But nevertheless, I was still shocked. The next morning, I was relieved to see that while the building had suffered catastrophic damage, the cathedral was still standing and that most of the bulk is intact. 
but clearly a lot needs to be done. The damage really completely wiped out the roof and they're going to have to not only rebuild the entire roof, but repair a lot of the stones that also did suffer fire damage uh, just by being weakened by the, the high intense heat. So I've spent the last 18 months planning what I want to do to support the restoration efforts to save Notre Dame. So I am here proud to kick off our new podcast, Cathedral Talk, where we want to save Notre Dame. that first build of Notre Dame in Minecraft way back in 2011. And back then, um, the game was a very different game. The game was really stone, cobblestone, wood, sand, dirt, um, glass. I think that was just about it. There really weren't that many materials to build with. Oh, wool. There was wool. I think wool was like what everybody who was on uh, creative mode was building out of because that was the only way you could get more colors. If you look at the build that I did back then, it looks not good by any modern standards today, but it was the one time that I ever shared anything with the community. The video from 2011, a one-to-one -one scale model built in survival by a guy named Tom Builder. Yep, that was me. Again, I'm kind of embarrassed by it today, but at the same time, it was an early day, and so I'm proud of what I did. In the meantime, though, I've been perfecting my building chops and I've come a long way. And so I am excited to undertake a much more ambitious project of building a two-to-one scale Notre Dame in Minecraft. And we're here as cheerleaders. Yeah, that's pretty much why I brought you on. I thought I'd like to share with you both today some plans of what I've got going so far. I thought it would be helpful to um, see the sort of comparison between the original build that I built in 2011 which I kind of dubbed as my Theseus build, my ship of Theseus build, because while I built it in 2011, that doesn't mean I just left it alone over time. Really, I've slowly altered it and changed it over the last decade, and it looks almost nothing like it was today. Much like the cathedral itself. Yeah, that's true. It has changed quite a bit, much like the cathedral was not the original cathedral itself. What I like about this little comparison here is this is going to give you a sense of just how much bigger this new model version, this two to one scale will be. All these links will be in the show description as well. Absolutely. I intend to have lots of subsequent visual media that people can look at on their own time. But as with a podcast, our job here for you, the listener, is to paint word pictures that will be uh, a pleasant experience for you to listen on that commute home from work. Because that's happening right now. We're all commuting. That's... That's true. I was kind of hoping this episode would be an episode out of time, but too late for that. So taking a look at the two floor plans that you see side by side in comparison, what do you notice about sort of the layout of the smaller one that's at the bottom and then the full two to one scale one that's above, aside from the fact that there are different sizes? Well, I think 
This is something that we talked about when you were building your Theseus build is that these cathedrals are slightly imperfect in their orientations and their constructions for architectural reasons and also for theological reasons. So the two to one build looks slightly askew, but intentionally askew. Yeah. And if you if you look at the first floor plan below, I did not do anything to suggest that anything is asymmetrical. The, the bottom plan really has all the columns neatly lined up, all of the vaults at clear crosses. And it turns out, surprisingly enough, that is not at all what the real thing is like. Um, there's only so much detail you can get in with such a small build as a one-to-one scale. Of course, a one-to-one scale is still actually quite large, but when you're dealing with blocks that are supposed to be one by one by one meters, there's only so much you can do with that. If you actually look at the bigger build that I have here, I'm going to be building it so that the columns, if you look from one end to the other, do not line up. They are ever so slightly askew. And the vaults as well are tilted and slanted. You know, this is something that I feel like the historians often overlook. If you take a look at the next slide, this is a slide directly from an old book that I have on cathedrals. And this is the floor plan as advertised for Notre Dame. When you say as advertised, do you mean like if you were to go check out the official architect's record, whatever, wherever that would be housed? I, I don't think there was any one official record, but... I have seen this picture replicated in more than one book. I've seen this picture appear all over the place. Gotcha. And as you look at this floor plan here, you'll notice that everything is perfectly aligned at right angles. Everything is orthogonal. Everything is perpendicular. Columns are to columns at perfect angles of 90 degrees. And... This picture was drawn with quite a bit of accuracy with like the shapes of the outlines of the the tiny little details around each column. So it's not like, you know, it was just sort of haphazardly slapped together. But it's surprising at the same time that this this drawing really misses the truth of what it actually is like. Now, if you actually take a look at the next slide, this is from a more recent publication. And I believe that this diagram was created from a laser scan. I was going to say, it seems computer generated in some way. Yeah, exactly. It was done by a laser scan. And you'll notice that right away, we do not have right angles, my friends. This looks like some video game creator came in with some laser rangefinder tool to accurately reproduce the inside of the cathedral for one of their video games. The accuracy is um, uncannily accurate <laughs> in their <laughs> plotting of the of the picture. Um, but it's it's very much like the hand drawn version, but colorful and crisp. I keep imagining. Like you take a, yeah, I guess a paperback book and you just slightly squish it. Yep. So the left end, the west end is slightly raised to where you would expect it would be if you tried to draw it flat. It's funny that the actual width of the whole building doesn't even stay consistent from one end to the other. The west end is a little bit wider than the east end. Hmm. So the whole thing does get squished over time. Now, clearly... If I were to try to replicate this in Minecraft, which by definition is a game made of right angles, you know, there's only so much I could do to get all the subtleties of how the thing is actually kind of a squished floor plan. 
But I still didn't want to just use that as an excuse to say, well, let's just pretend it really is right angles. And so that's what I'm really going for with this floor plan. I'm trying to get that very tilted sense of the columns staggered from one another in a sort of odd, you know, I think more natural feel. So Tom and I have both been to Notre Dame. I, I, I've been briefly, Tom's been two times? Three times. Three times? Yeah. Um, much more extensively than I have. Zach, I don't think you've been? Nope. So, you know, I, I was there very briefly over a few hours, half a dozen years ago. And I did not have this knowledge at the time of that it wasn't perfectly like this. Can you, as a layperson looking at it on the outside, tell that it is squished this way, either from looking at the facade from uh, standing outside, looking at the West End, or walking through and like getting a sense of looking at the columns? Is it subtle, uh, too subtle for you to really notice? Or uh, is it with a keen eye you can tell? You're asking me? Yeah. Well, no, I'm asking Zach as the other, as the person who's not been there. As the person who's not been there. I think that would be more fun. Ask Zach who's not been there. Sorry, I was looking at 3D laser scans of the cathedral. Yeah, there's actually quite a, f- there's actually quite a few great pictures, which we'll be sharing later. Does it look askew is the question? I don't think uh, standing in the square that it looks askew. Well, let me talk about both the inside and the outside. Starting with the inside, because we're looking at the floor plan to start off. Surprisingly enough, yeah, actually, it's actually, I think, rather jarring as to how askew, if you look straight up, because really all the columns, which are actually called piers, by the way, uh, in the official terminology, we'll go over vocabulary for Gothic cathedrals sometime soon. But all of those columns or piers, they extend up the wall and sort of, you know, um, bulges throughout the vertical space. But as they crisscross amongst the vaults and the ceiling, you'll notice that, again, there's this very weird tilt to the vaults that, again, feels very, you know, staggered. And if you're actually, again, looking straight across from one aisle to the other aisle, you will not find that the columns line up exactly. You'll be in a space between two columns looking across, looking pretty much right at a column at the other side. I, I buy that the, the inside columns are probably more noticeable because they're like discrete things that you can compare against each other. And if you're, you're looking straight down, you realize that like they seem a little off of one another. That makes sense. The, the outer facade feels like it would be much harder to tell. And that were uh, the way if I'm interpreting your diagram for your plants or Minecraft correctly, the South Tower is going to be slightly more jutted out than the North End. And because of the limitations of Minecraft, which of course we have to acknowledge, I feel like that's going to be very noticeable. That's just looking at a plan. Obviously, not, you haven't done it yet, so I don't know uh, what it'll look like to stand in front of it in Minecraft. You know, it's funny that you said that because I think what's actually truth, what is actually, the truth is these blocks are actually perfectly aligned. There is no jutting at all. The slant is only that the sort of south aisles are all slid backwards a little bit on the inside, which makes a sort of an optical illusion from the floor plans perspective, the the south tower looking like it's slanting in the other direction. Maybe, is it the doors that I'm looking at? Because like the middle door is more indented. Yes. Okay, okay. Yes, that is true. The, the doors are not quite aligned, but that is not going to be noticeable at all. I mean, I guess because of the way that they're kind of concave, mm-hmm. you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't be able to, okay, okay. And I think, I mean, let, let me just say here that, um, 
I have definitely not the first person ever to build, nor will I be the last to build a model of Notre Dame in Minecraft. It has been done many, many times. And that's uh, great. I really enjoy looking at the way other people interpret it. Uh, it is my all-time favorite building, like I said. And the one thing, though, that I feel like almost every single build from, you know, the most beginner to the most extravagantly professional is that almost everybody builds this thing entirely symmetrical. That's, I think, what people expect it to be. People think, oh, Notre Dame, yes, twin towers, two equal towers, and then, you know, a center rose window and straight aisles toward the back. And you can still make that look really good, but that's not actually what it is. So if, um, so let's do a little bit, little bit of trivia here. Actually, David, I'm going to put you on the spot. David, uh, can you tell us how you can figure out the orientation of the globe if you're standing inside a cathedral? Uh, the, the easiest way to remember it is that the side where your big rose window, the main entrance is going to be, is called the West End. So if you stare at that, that's going to be uh, uh, the, uh, to the west, and then uh, then you can fill out your cardinal directions from there, the east being the other side. Now I'm just describing cardinal directions. From the west, if you go on a <laughs> clock, it'll then be north, and then east, and then south, and then you're back west again. That's pretty good. In fact, if you wanted to really be an elitist, you could say that the west end is actually usually called the west facade. But uh, that's that's definitely true. So again, that's going to be your main entrance. Now, I should be clear that it's not that this is perfectly aligned with the cardinal directions. That's definitely not true. Um, they're just approximately angled in that orientation. Now, what, what I don't remember here, I, there's a theological reason for this, and I don't remember what that is. Okay, so that I can't help you. And perhaps this is a great little segue for... Um, we should have just a quick little um, a moment of truth for our new listeners who are joining us on our first episode. Hi, Mom. I, I hope that you uh, are joining us out of a love of architecture, but I hope we are not disappointing you over the this, this simple truth that if you are expecting us at any point in this podcast to bow our heads in prayer, um, <laughs> that is probably not going to happen. <laughs> no. This is not a Christian podcast. This is a podcast about cathedral architecture, just so we are clear about that. And I suppose we, we may need a few reminders about that from time to time. Hashtag not a Christian podcast. Yes, hashtag not a Christian podcast. Okay, so um, for the West Facade, the, there's two towers. We have the North Tower and the South Tower. And the South Tower is noticeably narrower than the North Tower. Yeah. If you actually are looking for it, it becomes surprisingly jarring, I think, once you actually notice it. It's all, it's it's kind of one of those, the glass breaks when you see it, because you can go on for a long time not thinking about it at all. You can just be there and there and there, and then suddenly the glass breaks and you suddenly realize, wow, those are not the same at all. And I think an earlier past version of myself, Tom, would probably have been sad to discover that. But to this day, I actually love the asymmetry of Notre Dame. I think it's fantastic. You just like it because you know it and everyone else doesn't. So you feel like you're special. That's probably true. I do like knowing things that people don't and then lording that over them. But I, I suppose maybe as a more rational justification, I, you have it's Notre Dame's West End, it's West Facade, it's like a human face. You know, human faces are not perfectly symmetrical. They're approximately, but, you know, there's some people whose eyeballs are a few centimeters too high, a few centimeters too low. Definitely not people like Zach. 
I love you, Zach. <laughs> I got one eye halfway down my cheek and the other one right in the middle of my forehead. I'm like a Picasso painting. <laughs> you can, in fact, change the position of your eyes by the way you decide to grow all that facial hair. Exactly. They're uh, structural beards. <laughs> Load-bearing mustache. Uh, sideburns that buttress your cheekbones. Exactly. They're flying buttresses, mine. Yeah. Oh, that's a goal in life, too. You know, like that Civil War general Burnside got sideburns named after him? To come up with radical facial hair that can warrant the name the flying buttress hairstyle? <laughs> oh, there you go. Notre Dame is like, I, I think another analogy that I really like about the, the asymmetry is that imagine comparing a finely hand-drawn picture versus an architectural diagram. And, you know, if you really think about some of the finest artists out there who don't use rulers, but just hand draw things, naturally, they're not going to have lines as straight as somebody who's using a ruler to do all the fine details. But at the same time, that hand drawing really can be, I think, more attractive. And that's the way I find Notre Dame as well. The, um, the reason that I was told why there's asymmetry in the, the building is that you have the the ground level is a little bit off from the roof level because you want the imperfections to reflect like sort of the the theological distinction between like the earth and the heavens mm. and that the earth is imperfect and that the the ceiling is perfect and then because you have that you have this sort of like asymmetric like twisting thing going on. So what does it say that the roof burned and the ground is fine? God was having a bad day. I don't think there's uh, much theological explanation for that, at least one that I can provide. Uh, that I, I think that says a lot for um, what was coming. Uh, it was sort of like a premonition of 2020. I, I heard, I actually heard there was a great joke and I, for, I forget where I heard it, but somebody I, I it was somewhere that somebody was doing a skit with god and god was like oh man i had you all humans on mute for the last year <laughs> i'm just referring to 2020 <laughs> he got sad after notre dame put us all on mute oh now i've gendered god oh boy here we go okay so i want to talk a bit more about just how significant Notre Dame is to everybody in the world. Um, it's surprising, you know, when you do a comparison of the landmarks around the globe, just how highly Notre Dame ranks in terms of statistics. So uh, we've actually put together a little activity for um, my two co-hosts here, uh, Zach and David. We've got a little spreadsheet for you. And in the spreadsheet, dear listeners, we have uh, about 20 different tiles with pictures and their names of famous landmarks, architectural landmarks around the globe. And here's what I, I already know the answers to this, but what I want David and Zach to do for us is to their best of their guessing ability, to the best of their estimations, rank from least to greatest, which of these receive the most tourists per year? So um, clearly, uh, this is going to be a, a an easy task that I'm sure they're going to get everything correct for. Right. They're all the same because no one is traveling right now. Do you want to go first? All right. So uh, got, what is this? Uh, 20 different landmarks of some sort. Uh, so over the first 10, we've got Buckingham Palace in London, the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, the Capitol Building in Washington, D.C., 
Chicken Itza. Is that how you say that? I confess I actually am not sure. Uh, in Mexico, uh, Cologne Cathedral in Germany, uh, or Kern uh, Cathedral in Germany. <laughs> uh, uh, the Colosseum in, in Rome, Eiffel Tower in Paris. Uh, I got two things from Paris, apparently. Uh, Empire State Building in New York City, the Forbidden City in Beijing, and uh, the Hagia Sophia in Istanbul. I think it's Hagia Sophia, actually. Uh, Hagia Sophia? Well, I've heard a couple different ones, but I watched a Nova documentary, and the whole time they kept calling it Hagia Sophia. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's in Istanbul. Zach? Last 10, the Leaning Tower of Pisa in Pisa, Italy. Uh, Machu Picchu uh, in Peru. Notre Dame in Paris. The Parthenon in Athens. The Pyramids of Giza in... Uh, well, I guess Giza isn't really a city anymore, but outside of Cairo, <laughs> Egypt. I don't know how to pronounce this one. The Sagrada Familia. The Sagrada Familia, thank you. In Barcelona, uh, St. Basil's Cathedral in Moscow, St. Peter's Basilica in the Vatican, Sydney Opera House in Sydney, Australia, and the Taj Mahal in Agra, India. All right. All right, first, we got to do a, a pop contest. Who's been to the most of these? I've been to... Yeah, I'll count. Let's see here. Uh, I've been to one of these. I've been to eight in my having gone to Europe twice in my life. I've been to eight too. Dang it. I was hoping to beat you. I wonder if they're the exact same. No, they can't be the exact same eight. Um, You haven't been to Kern, right? I have not been. I have not been to Kern. No. Which one have you seen that I have not been? Uh, The Leaning Tower of Pisa. Ah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one I haven't seen. Yep. That would do it. Can you guess the only one that I've seen? Um, Sydney Opera House, eh. Forbidden City in China. Eh. You actually built the Burj Khalifa. That's right. I knew this. I actually with my own bare hands, single-handedly, single-handedly. Okay, the Empire State Building. Oh, sh- <laughs> I forgot that I've seen the Empire State Building. So two of them. <laughs> Zach, now the Capitol Building. I'm gonna have to use a the beat Capitol for the building. first episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, just cut it. No, that's no, that's man. that's great. I just gonna have to. Wait, so I, did, oh, I just was laughing so hard. What was the other one? This podcast contains explicit <laughs> language. <laughs> the Capitol uh, building. Oh, all right, the Capitol building. Right, right, right. Okay. All right, then. So I just because I know there's a lot of pictures um, and because we don't want this to drag on forever. In fact, I'm hoping you will make your decisions within about five minutes. Uh, I On the right side, you may notice here, I just divided this into three tiers. Lower tier, middle tier, and upper tier. So I suggest you maybe guess which of these would be on the lower end, which of these would be on the middle end, which of these would be on the upper end. And then you can sort of, in those subgroups, try to sort them from least to greatest. If that is my suggestion, you do not have to do it that way, but perhaps that might be the fastest way to go about it. Tom, can you prompt us with the wonder and then David and I will say which tier we believe it belongs to? Oh, yes, yes, I will do that. Okay, and we are going alphabetically here. So, Buckingham Palace. Lower. It's got to be high. I, really? London? Yep. I would have said high. I would have said uh, upper tier. Well, I think that's one of the top three. Uh, compromise in middle? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Compromise. Excellent. Middle tier for Buckingham. Uh, the Burj Khalifa. Lower. Yeah, lower. All right. Lower. The Capitol Building. Upper. 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 Because Zach's been there, so everyone has been, right? Exactly. All right. Chichen Itza. Lower. That's going to be lower, yeah. Lower. Okay. 
Cologne Cathedral. Middle. Lower? Okay. Lower. All right. The Colosseum. Upper. 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 All right. The Eiffel Tower. Uppest. Upper. Is that your guess for number one? Yeah. Okay. The Empire State Building. Upper. Middle. Middle or upper? A lot of people go to New York City. Uh, yeah, I guess. But we were saying tourism. I don't know how Tom is counting those. That's that's a good point. How are you defining tourism? You're going to have to decide that yourself. Self-reported statistics. Let, let's just say all my facts come from the extremely reliable Google search engine. At least you didn't say Wikipedia. Well, I mean, that probably actually would have been better <laughs> unless it was our mother. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Uh, okay, going on. Uh, the Forbidden City. Upper. Yeah. Upper. I think that's a sleeper where like Westerners say like, oh, probably not that many people will see it, but then tons of people uh, in Asia have gone to see it. All right. That's my guess. Yeah. We got to do domestic tourism as well. This is, that's why I put, uh, Buckingham Palace in low just because it's a financial center of the EU. The Brits refuse to go see it? No, no. It's because England has a low population in comparison to some of these other countries. Fair enough. Hagia Sophia. A middle. Middle, yeah. All right. The Leaning Tower of Pisa. Middle. Lower. Compromise. Lower, middle, upper, upper, low. Yeah. All right. Machu Picchu. Lower. Yeah. And Notre Dame de Paris. Middle. I mean, if we're saying Eiffel Tower is high, you they've got to be very similar. Do they? Yeah. Do they? There's a reason that I wanted to have two ones from Paris for that very reason. I wanted you to think about that. Next. The Parthenon and the Acropolis. Middle. I kind of think that one might be a shocker and it might be actually lower. I feel like not that many people actually... That's not as touristy of a spot as... You might think, but I could be wrong. My wife, who was looking at some of these pictures, she was like, that's the best picture of the Acropolis I've ever seen. If you go there, that skyline is not going to be nearly that good. Yeah. The Pyramids of Giza. Upper. Middle. I think a lot of people go to Egypt. In the desert of Egypt and the blinding sand. We're running out of space in the upper tier. All right. Yep. The Sagrada Familia. Middle. Mm, Yeah. Middle to lower. All righty. And what I, as of only an hour ago, for the last 30-something years of my life, had called St. Basil's is actually St. Basil's Cathedral, apparently. St. Basil's Cathedral. Um, middle. What is Russia's population? Is it like... Google it up. How big is Russia, Zach? Uh, 144.5 million. That's not that many. That's less than half of the United States. But again, the United States is actually quite large. Yeah, but England is 55 million. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's three times that of England. Yeah. Yep. And St. Peter's Basilica. Topper. All right. The Sydney Opera House. Lower. Lower. And last, but one minor spoiler, not least, the Taj Mahal. Uh, Upper, upper. Upper, yeah. Uppest. Now we've clearly got too much in upper, so. <laughs> yeah, you all you all think these things are all so popular, don't you? No, I was consistently saying lower, and David was like middle, upper, and I would just put him there because he was, I wanted to make him feel good, but. So which of these do you think is supposed to be knocked down a peg? You think pyramids are supposed to be knocked down a peg? Yep. And. Notre Dame. I still think that's crazy. You're crazy. Well, that's accurate. Capitol building might be knocked down, actually. Don't let the uh, word scanners hear you say that. 
I want you at least looking at all these pictures to guess what you think is the absolute lowest and the absolute highest. The absolute highest, I'm going to say, is the Taj Mahal. Okay. Hmm. Well, I will guess... I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess St. Peter's Basilica is highest. And then lowest, uh, I'm going to say the Chichen Itza. Okay. I'm going to say Machu Picchu. Okay. Are we ready for the big reveal? Sure. Oh, wait. I got to be more hype. All right. Drum roll. In 16th place, remember there were 20 of these, but again, there's several ties. So in 16th place, at the lowest end, based on what limited data I could find, we have for 1.5 million people per year, Machu Picchu. Aha. Okay. 15 points for David. That was, that was a good guess, David. Good job. Okay. So in 15th place. For 1.87, this was the most accurate number, by the way. I guess it kind of makes sense considering what it is and how modern it is. 1.87 million, the Burj Khalifa. In 14th place, for 2 million, the Parthenon and the Acropolis. Also in 14th place, for 2 million, Chichen Itza. In 13th place, for 2.5 million, St. Basil's Cathedral. Bam. Yeah, that one we got. You wanted to put that one in upper, didn't you? St. Basil? No. Middle. Oh, no, that's what we both said. I take it back. In 12th place, for 3 million, Hagia Sophia. So, so far, the only one we've gotten super wrong is Kern Cologne. <laughs> that's about to change. Yeah, I'm going to put that one out a little bit. In 11th place, for 4 million per year, the Empire State Building. What? Yeah. Yep. 11th place. I guess Zach's right. No one actually goes to New York for the New York Empire State Building. I wanted to put it in middle. I mean, you have to remember that 4 million, even though it's in 11th place, is still a very large number. The The population of New York City is a little over 8 million. So that's like half the population of New York going to the Empire State Building every year. So That's not greater New York. That's just literally New York. Okay. 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 Greater New York is way more populous. Oh, do you have a number? No. Okay, then hush. <laughs> so also tied for 11th place, the Capitol building for 4 million. Okay, yeah, I, I saved us there. In 10th place for 4.5 million, the Sagrada Familia in Barcelona, Spain. We're going to talk a lot more about that building in one of these podcasts. In 9th place for 5 million, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. In 8th place uh, for 6 million, Cologne Cathedral. Yeah, we were way wrong on that guy. Very wrong. When I did a little bit of research on this one, it said that Cologne is without a doubt the most popular visit uh, in all of Germany. Surprised Germany gets that much tourism in general. Germany's a wonderful place. I say as someone who's married to a German. Yeah. Just to be clear. You might. Do you want me to edit that out or leave that in? It's no, too, that, that's, it's too it's late. It's too late. It's going in. Yeah. Okay. In se- okay, now seventh place has a three-way tie. And the greatest thing that I was just so tickled by this is that uh, in seventh place, a three-way tie, all of them are seven million. <laughs> and for this three-way seventh place, we have the Taj Mahal, the Coliseum, and the Eiffel Tower. Okay. All right. So we've gotten Taj Mahal pretty wrong and Buckingham pretty wrong. Well, Half of us got Buckingham pretty wrong. So let's Buckingham, just, let's, just, let's just say. Well, I don't, I mean, if it's tied with the Eiffel Tower and the Coliseum, right, we got to move those up as well. You mean Taj Mahal's tied with them? That's what Tom said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. In sixth place for a big jump, by the way, from 7 million to 10 million, we have St. Peter's Basilica. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to get another 15 points, sadly. That's too bad. In fifth place, 
we have for ten point nine million the Sydney Opera House. Yeah, we were way wrong on that. That's insane. Sorry, Australia. I guess there's not, not like if you're in that if you're in that part of the world, you might as well. I guess. So, in fourth place, drum roll. In fourth place, we have Notre Dame de Paris for thirteen million a year. It was actually it oscillated between twelve and fourteen million a year, so I took the average thirteen million a year. That's in fourth place. So Notre Dame is not at the top of the list, but very, very close. So what was the uh, dif- the differential between the Eiffel Tower and Notre Dame? So the Eiffel Tower is seven million a year, and Notre Dame is thirteen million a year. That's a lot of people to not walk that far down the road. <laughs> that must be like like that must be. They're only counting people who go up the Eiffel Tower or something. So now we get into a little bit of the hazy on how do we count, like, does it, how does it count as a visit to the thing, right? Are they counting the people who are standing underneath it? Are they only counting the people who actually go in it and up it? You know, they must. Sometimes they're more explicit, but most of the time these numbers are very just like, oh, yeah, we had this many people visit. Notre Dame has many excellent features going for it, but one notable one is that Notre Dame is big open door policy. You can walk right on in. It's also an active church. Well, previously. Another one of the things that I think makes Notre Dame my favorite building of all time is not just the building itself, but that Notre Dame is right in the center of Paris on its own island. It's surrounded by the the Seine. It's got the river flowing on both sides of it. And it is the tallest structure within its neighborhood. It is not dwarfed by any obnoxious skyscrapers or, you know, anachronistic structures that are out of place. Paris has done an excellent job of preserving that that feel of that part of the city. And so Notre Dame wins in terms of its location, hands down. What of these wonders would you say are situated next to some obnoxious anachronistic building? Uh, that's a good question. It was hard getting this list down to 20. Originally, it was going to be 10. And I was like, I can't do 10. I have to do 20. Um, but I had like St. Paul's Cathedral in London, which suffers greatly from skyscrapers that are far too close, uh, which is a heartbreak of mine because I love St. Paul's. Um, let me, just thinking about some of these other ones. I think, uh, Karen, I know I keep talking about it, actually might sort of qualify because it's next to a uh, very modern train station, which I actually kind of like the juxtaposition of the two, um, but it is, it is definitely uh, a stark juxtaposition. I have not been there, but I've I, from the stories I've heard and from the, the, the mindset that I've sort of thought about, I think for Kern... Um, Kern is such a black imposing, like, mm-hmm. it's like the tower of Sauron, you know, it's like, it's Orthanc or something. Um, and, or Baradur, sorry. I'm my, my nerd alarm just went off there. Yeah. Jeez. 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 It, it, it's, it feels like it's almost built because of some, it being coated in pollution that Kern is supposed to be a, um, it, it it's dystopian. It feels almost dystopian in a in a sort of delicious way. It's a deliciously dystopian cathedral. Uh, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It is a gorgeous building. But I feel that you, for that reason you said it actually jives with the modern surroundings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't recall off the top of my head for some of these others, but uh, I'm sure they will come up. Most of these are, I think, fairly well insulated from uh, b- bad juxtaposition. 
Okay, so that was Notre Dame. We should still actually finish the list. There's three left. Do you want to guess what the remaining order of the remaining three are? I'm just trying to make sure I can even figure out which the three. It's Forbidden City. Buckingham Palace. Buckingham Palace. Did we say St. Peter's already? We already did that. That was 10 million. It was. It's the Pyramids of Giza. Ah. Okay, so what do you think? Pyramids, Buckingham, or Forbidden City? Third, second, and first. Forbidden City first, Pyramid second, Buckingham third. You gonna go with that, David? Oh, uh, I'm I'm good. I'm good with that. Yeah. That's a worthwhile guess. You got first place correct. Third place is Pyramids of Giza at fourteen point seven million. Buckingham Palace is at fifteen million. Coming in a triumphant second place, and then first place, the Forbidden City comes in at sixteen million. Um, I and again, I would do. I will acknowledge going back that the way these numbers are reported are pretty fishy. Like, for example, I was looking at Buckingham Palace and I was like, geez, 15 million people go to Buckingham Palace a year? And they're like, yes, we have 15 million people walk up to the gates and look at the, the redcoats walk up and down the lawn. I'm like, okay, does that count as visiting Buckingham Palace? Because that's definitely not the same thing as visiting Notre Dame, where you literally just walk right on in. So I, I feel like Notre Dame is being done a bit of a disservice here. But I have to go with the statistics that what we see. So, yeah. Are you surprised at how high up this list Notre Dame actually is? Yes, because I'm looking at another list of places that are visited and I do not see Notre Dame on this list. (laughs) What list are you looking at? A list of most visited places and monuments from Wikipedia. Okay, well, what it's not Notre Dame's not even on the list. I mean, what numbers do they give? Uh, So the Forbidden City, they have uh, 17 million. St. Peter's Basilica, they have 11 million. These numbers are close to what it is. Palace of Versailles, they have 8 million. Yeah. Lincoln Memorial, uh, they have 7.8 million. Yeah. Coliseum, 7.6 million. Okay, so all these numbers have been within a million, so I'm not I'm not crazy with this list. I This, again, was from Google searching, which, you know, I, I, I my, my reputation of Google searching with, withstands your, your pokes and prods. Well... I don't know why they omitted Notre Dame, but I am very confident in actually the Notre Dame number because that got reported on the news actually a lot. And I found multiple sources all talking about that, repeating those numbers like between 12 and 14 million. But were they all just quoting each other? I mean, okay, I guess I don't know that. But um, it seems like at least that is the more official number that why that would be omitted from a Wikipedia article is probably where our mother gets sweet revenge telling us that why would you ever trust (laughs) wikipedia why i mean you're using a google search and self-reported data so i'm not entirely sure you escape that criticism perhaps not i was gonna say the eiffel tower gets seven million it's not the only one in paris uh there's the musée d'orsay i butchered it probably three million and then the arc de triomphe is 1.5 million so it's it's not that they were omitting Paris monuments from this list. I mean, I think I honestly think that somebody whoever made that list on Wikipedia just forgot to include Notre Dame. I think that's the simplest answer. Sources used to compile the list include the museum index published by the Themed Entertainment Association and the Economics Practice at AECOM and the annual survey of leading visitor attractions in the United Kingdom, the U.S. National Park Service of National Monuments, the French and Russian Ministries of Culture. Clearly people who are full of hooey. Yeah, the French Ministry of Culture, full of hooey. 
I mean, well, if they didn't report Notre Dame, their number one most visited tourist attraction, then they are full of hooey. <laughs> that that requires the statement that Notre Dame is the most visited attraction to be true. But Tom wants it to be true. Tom wants it to be true. <laughs> therefore, it is true. Damn it. A lot of that's getting cut. All of it's going to get cut. All of this Wikipedia conversation is going to get cut. <laughs> we know this. Okay. I do want to point out, though, assuming this data is true, Notre Dame is the highest church on this whole list. Notre Dame is at the very top as far as anything religious in the Christian world goes. What about St. Peter's Basilica? St. Peter's Basilica was 10 million. Notre Dame's 13. Oh, we're still going by your fictitious numbers. (laughs) Sorry, just got attacked by my cat. (laughs) Okay. Notre Dame is the highest ranked Christian structure out of all of these. And I find that rather surprising. I do too. And I question the veracity of it. Uh, I mean, it's certainly up there. Uh, whether it's higher than St. Peter's Basilica, you know. I mean, why Why are you convinced that St. Peter's must be higher than Notre Dame? Because one is like the equivalent of a pilgrimage for an entire religion. And one is just awesome. Okay. But how many of those people visiting Notre Dame do you think are actually Christian? Yeah, I no. Legit. You see, I think I think that's where you're falling down because so many people visit Notre Dame as more than just a church. Notre Dame is an iconic building that's more than just a cathedral. And I think you're assuming that just because St. Peter's is, you know, in the higher up in the hierarchy of Catholicism, that it should get more people. But I Rome is also a smaller city, by the way. Yeah, that's true. And Paris. Paris gets just, I think, in general, more tourism than Rome. So more people are going to see the main attractions in Paris. Yeah, that that on its own is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I would win that argument. I just had to bring it around. With your own unproven facts. Well, nobody can disprove them anyway. Yeah, certainly not the internet. No, definitely not. So Notre Dame is not just beloved by me, but it is also beloved, at least I think we can all agree, by many people. Several dozen, at least. At least several dozen. And I would say that it is simply the finest example of Gothic architecture there is. There are many people who will disagree with me. There's many people who will say, ah, come on, the best Gothic cathedral out there is Chartres. And I'll be like, that's that's nice, but no. Notre Dame is the best Gothic cathedral out there. And a little bit at a time, we're going to spend this podcast discussing all the tiny little features of what make it special, what is unique to this cathedral as opposed to any other Gothic cathedral, and also how do we hope the rebuilding efforts are actually going to go down? Because there's been a lot of controversy over, is it something that should be rebuilt exactly as it was, or should there be iterations and improvements made on what was before improvements in quotes but that's a subject for another time that's it for now check out our podcast website at cathedraltalk.fm there you will find many architectural visuals and minecraft goodies if you would like to support our efforts here at cathedral talk to aid in the restoration of notre dame please use the direct link on our website to donate to friends of notre dame de paris.org friends of notre dame is a non-profit organization that is leading the international fundraising efforts to rebuild and restore notre dame cathedral 
By donating to them through the link at cathedraltalk.fm, we'll know that our podcast is reaching new patrons. As our own Minecraft project progresses, we'll be sure to share plans, screenshots, and videos for your own visual palette. Good day and happy building.